test. One, two, test. One, two, test. One, two. I was dancing like this this morning, and I caught myself. I don't even know why, but I was doing it. Is there a name for that? Uh, yeah, it's on that one song. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> hey, Dr. Carol. Hey, Nathan. This is episode 96. It is. This is You'll Die Trying. It's raining. This is our jingle. like a bunch of five-year-olds conversing. Yeah. Hey, I have a friend who told me a story about this car coming, flying down their sibling's driveway. Couldn't get out when they got to the fence. Backed up, went the opposite way, cut through the front yard, ended up in the neighbor's yard, drove under like their terrace, drove in their backyard. Couldn't figure out how to get out of the backyard, so they drove through a wooden fence, back their vehicle up multiple times, couldn't figure that out. So then they took the keys out, threw it over <laughs> the fence, tried to break into the house, walked around front, and the cops were there and arrested them. I mean, this happened? <laughs> this, that's, that's a true story. That was kind of paraphrased, if you will. Yeah, it happened. Wow. Pretty awesome, huh? That's something that's different. Yeah, drugs are bad. Okay. Drugs makes, are really bad. That's, that makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a good weekend? I had a, a very, very good weekend. Good. Yeah, very good. I'm glad. Yeah, thanks for asking. How about you? Yeah, it was good. It was it was uh, chaotic, and I'm still in the new role of being home on weekends, which got me to think about, and I wanted to ask you as we dive on in on number 96 about transitions, weekend transitions. So Friday you go, and most of us, I guess, have professions where we are able to like not so much punch out, but mentally be like, okay, I'll, uh, that's on the desk for Monday. Uh, some of us do not. Doctors, I don't know. There's a lot of professions. But being home on the weekend with three children, leaving everything at home or at work, mm-hmm. being present, and then come Sunday night, Monday morning, you're hitting the ground running balls to the wall. So it's like how on God's green earth do you transition? Do you make that transition? You're present for the family. And then you're present at work come Monday morning. Fix me. Well, of course, <laughs> of course, it is dependent on, in part, on what kind of work you do. If you are a, an employee of a company, a firm, uh, a small business, or a larger corporation, oftentimes, if you're, unless you're in middle or upper management, it's it's pretty easy to kind of leave everything on your desk or at your station, and and go away. Or if you're doing plant work or assembly work, you know, you, you don't really have to think about that when you're not there. However, if you are in management and you have responsibility for things, uh, even when you're not present, or if you are an entrepreneur and you are responsible for your own company, um, you really probably should reconsider that um, push that you have toward the weekend. You know, a lot of people love 
the weekend and they're, you know, Wednesday's hump day and Thursday, you're getting ready for Friday and Friday is the start of the weekend. And that's awesome, which means Monday is Monday's bad, Friday's good, that kind of mentality. But if you're a business owner or if you're in upper management and you're responsible for um, for a company's success, I think we probably should maybe push pause on the push toward Friday and realize that every day gives opportunity for us to grow our business and improve ourselves. And that might mean improving our families and improving the time spent with our families and being present with our families. And then recognizing that when Monday comes, it's that's not a bad thing at all. It's, it brings all new opportunities to do things and try things and, and, and be uh, your best self there. So I guess it really kind of depends on where you are in the workforce. Uh, because I think some people have every right to say, oh my God, I'm so glad it's Friday and I don't have to go back till Monday party. You know, that's great. But for, for business owners, I think that becomes a, a hard mindset to adopt. Right. Mondays are my favorite day. Really? Yes, I love them. I'm ready. I mean, they're normally, a, pardon my language, but they're shit shows normally. I mean, let's be honest, right. over the weekend in our profession, you know, you have all this stuff that happens and you're like, oh my gosh, so come Monday, you have a weekend staff and then the week staff come in, W-E-E-K, not W-E-A-K, and you have all this paperwork and all these loved ones that have come into your care and it's just like, ah, so you're just putting all the pieces together, you know, because right. you put your phone away during the weekend and... uh Speaking of, it's really funny. I found myself listening to the Cold Case Files podcast <laughs> and the kids are coming in the playroom because I had the baby and the baby doesn't speak English yet, so he doesn't know what I'm saying. <laughs> or any other language. Or any other matter. language at that. And um, <laughs> it's it's like murder, mystery, mayhem, and I'm like, I probably should turn this off. Yeah, so I didn't <laughs> want my four and five-year-olds to be um, soaking up cold cases in right, their brain. Right. Daddy, what does that mean? Well, there are Sunday nights that I, I do kind of feel a heaviness coming on me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it used to be a Saturday night because I was working on Sunday mornings, but now it's Sunday night because Monday's coming. And I, I, I too, I like Mondays. I like Tuesdays. I, I mean, every day brings its uh, own possibility and its own difference, and I don't mind that. But I'm, I've noticed that I've just become a little bit tired recently, and I think it's because I'm getting older. And I maintain a pretty rigorous schedule. You do. So, um, what are you doing? It's eight o'clock. Oh, just left the office. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I'm. I think I'm kind of in a reworking mode. Yeah. Um. Because truthfully, I need to be a more attentive parent. Honestly. Yeah. Um. And I think I've been guilty of of not being because there is another attentive parent in the house. Um. But I don't. That's that's not fair. And it's not right, and it can be the source of some consternation, and and I don't, I don't want it to become worse than it is. So, I need to figure out a schedule that works so that I can be um, a more responsible, attentive husband and and father too. And I think it's easy for one to maybe fall into that. You know, you've said in the past, like if someone is, you know, there's always the stronger force within one role or the other, right? Right, and you know the weaker, if you will, f takes a back seat because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, like whenever we're at home at, at our house, I'm the disciplinarian. Uh, not to say that Megan is not. However, she leaves the discipline to me and Megan wants to provide meals for the family. So I'm not obviously putting an apron on and cooking because one, I don't 
really do that well. And mm-hmm. two, it's something that she wants to do to provide for. So I totally get that. You're not the only person that could probably say, yeah, I could probably parent better and be more attentive. And that kind of coincides with the whole weekend thing. It's like, how do you, there's like a, that this, this balance of unplugging, you know, because you're a self-employed entrepreneur who cares about the community that you serve and you're, no, you have all these things on your mind that you're not allowed to talk about and you carry that weight over to the weekend, but you're like, okay, I'm going to be present now. (laughs) It's like, good, good. And you know, that's the same for myself and maybe a lot of others too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, there's that, you can say we could end this right now and say, well, just balance, figuring that balance out, figuring Mm -hmm. that, but there's so many more legs to it, I think. Well, and, and part of my issue too is in modeling. So even though I had a dad up until I was fifteen, and then didn't, there's I don't I don't know how many memories you have from before you were in high school, but I don't have a whole lot. Um, so I don't really remember being fathered in that sense. Yeah. So my own efforts at fathering are. Um, minimized i think because it's it's almost impossible to give what you've never gotten so not to say i didn't get it i just don't remember getting it and because there wasn't that uh that continuity like you know if someone someone's parents live until that person is you know 50 55 years old and their parents are 80 years old they have that continuity of memory so they might be able to connect memories prior to their you know, actual cognizance because their parent has been consistently that way their whole lives. Like, you know, oh, let's say your dad loved to play games. And so he's playing games at 70 where he he was playing games when he was 35 and 42. So you're able to to connect with those memories because there's been continuity. For me, it was cut off. So it's hard. I can't access those memories. And as a result, it's not that I didn't get it, but not remembering having gotten it is almost the same thing. Right. So now it's hard for me to kind of employ faithful, responsible, mature, attentive parenting strategies as a dad because I don't remember receiving those myself. So that that creates problems. I mean, it creates problems in the family, and it creates problem. It can create problems in in a marriage, and so that these are the things that I'm thinking about and and uh, working on. And of course, my commitment to family systems theory um, actually can be helpful if I would just use it. You know, when you know theory, you can use it. And when you don't, can't. Well, I do. And I'm still not using it, which is frustrating. Um, but recognizing that that my children and I are separate people so that when they need to be disciplined, it's not like I need to take that on as, oh, look what I'm doing I'm doing bad things. No, it's not that I'm doing bad things. My children are doing things that they shouldn't be doing and they have to have expectations and they have to have consequences and I have to be responsible myself personally to assign those. But if I'm not, if I'm allowing this kind of messy togetherness where I'm not really understanding the separation and space between my kids and me, then I'm not going to do that well. And I think that's been a part of what's going on with me. And when you mix that with you know, owning your own business and wanting to provide for your family and, you know, growing the business to where it's literally now more than one person can handle. All of that plays, you know, and, and it's it's just important that I push pause and take inventory and start realizing what it is that I need to to focus on and and correct in my own strategies, both as a as a husband 
as well as a father and as well as a uh, a business owner. I can be your sit-in at work. I'll when they walk in, I'll be oh. like, "Well, hello." Yeah. Uh, Dr. Carroll is absent today. I would love for myself to have the honor to sit with you. So let's begin. <laughs> what the hell are you doing in here? Right. <laughs> oh, it, it's no big deal. Just go. Just yeah. yeah. Just go. One hundred percent certain that that would not work. I could put your. I could tape my name over all of your. All of your like, tape. I like how you said tape. Like whatever. I could put I'm my name over all of your tape. like twenty-five doctorate degrees and everything. Are you going to also tape Judge Judy so that you can watch <laughs> reruns tape on it. your VHS tonight? Hey, I found, now that you say that, a box of VHS. See, I am a huge magic fan. You knew that about me, right? Mm -hmm. Magic magicians type thing, not magic the game. Illusion. I love illusions. I wanted to be a magician so bad. And I, when I was growing up, obviously Lance Burton, David Copperfield, all those specials would come on. And my grandmother... Bless her heart. She loved figure skating and would take her VHS and and record figure skating over your illusions. Vice versa. <gasps> she would take her figure skating tapes that she loved and adored and would put Lance Burton's magic special on ABC over top of them for me. Wow. That's, and so I have like three or four. Gift. Yeah, it, it is. So I have three or four of those in the closet right next to you, actually, of magic. But anyway, what? Oh, Judge Judy tape, squirrel. Sorry, I'm sorry. I literally went on a tangent. Why do I do that? It's okay. I quit. What? What are you going to say right now? I'm letting you explore that. You Is just, that really what you're doing? Well, you asked yourself a question, and I didn't want to interrupt that conversation. People are so scared of silence. I am, I guess, obviously. I don't know. I don't know how to explore it. Stop. Stop laughing at me. Stop looking at me, Schwan. Stop looking at me, Schwan. Can we take a break right now? Sure. Okay. We'll be back after these uh, messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. So I want to talk a little bit about how to repair conflict. Okay. Because conflict is inevitable, and there are options that we have to push through it. Um. I'm bringing it up because I'm sitting here thinking about all the, you know, ways in which I contribute to conflict, you know, being number one male, uh, which means being also an idiot. Uh, we reference that an awful lot in this podcast. It's because it's true. It is true. We are dumb. And um, I think the best comedians are funny because they're telling the truth and they're making observations that are so astute and so poignant and so true and that dr carol got like one hour of sleep probably so he's and they are self-deprecating mm -hmm. not in a haha just kidding but in a like real no seriously like i'm i'm an idiot mm -hmm. i know i'm an idiot but something that i think happens i'll say about myself is that I try to mask the fact that I'm an idiot behind the high-gloss presentation of being perfect. So before we talk about conflict, see, this is, this is the dynamic, organic nature of podcasting mm -hmm. with me is that you never know where that train's going to go. Yeah, this is... I did not choose to jump on this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here you are. Yes, I am. So think about the ways that you try to present yourself. Mm-hmm. And then think about the real you that's underneath that. Mm-hmm. Those are not the same all the time. Mm-mm. So we talked last time about authenticity. And of course, what I just described is the opposite of authenticity, right? And yet we say we don't care what people think. I think that's totally bogus. Mm-hmm. I wish that it weren't. I want to not want to care what people think, but we do. Right. And that's why there is this ever widening gap between who we really are and the we that we show ourselves. Discuss. I was just thinking like, who am I? The, the public sees more than not now a suit-wearing businessman who, you know, I'm in a more serious profession, so I have to carry myself in that way. Do you think people see you as a businessman? Yeah, I think so. I think people see me as that. I think that what is actually true is, well, I am, that I am actually really fun, funny, like off, a little off. In a funny way, like I say right. stupid things and I have a ridiculous sense of humor and I'm always just totally, you know, what you hear on here as far as me self-deprecating, like I do that, but to a 10th degree and there's more cussing involved usually. I wish I, I wish I could be that more so, but I genuinely can't. Let's be 100% honest. I can't be that all the time because it can be offensive to be honest, we, we serve a lot of church communities who, you know, my grandfather, uh, may God bless his soul, would have slapped me if he heard, you know, he said that cussing was showing ignorance, which I think a beautiful cuss word shows brilliance. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that I'm in a more serious profession, so, but the me that you have seen is more ridiculous. Studies show that people who cuss well have higher... IQs than those who don't. Dang, then I'm, I think some of the, well, I do not have the artistry of one of my closest friends does, who I will not speak their name on this podcast. Yes. (laughs) It's beautiful. You can take (laughs) cuss words and make them sound elegant. It's gorgeous, like this morning. (laughs) That was beautiful. They're meant to be elegant. They were so beautiful. Anyway, that's, that's what I think. I don't think I answered your question, though. I don't. I, well, so I hear you saying that you don't feel like you have the freedom to be yourself because that's it could me. hurt business, and that's totally me. That's yeah. my own. That's my own problem. But let's be honest. We know people. We've known people who have been in business, and we're like, those people are are ridiculous, and they're not taking it serious. Yeah, I know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and and so, so obviously, one can't. I think that there are varying degrees of truth telling when it comes to authenticity. Remember, we talked about yeah. measured truthfulness, and you know there there is the there's the you you are when you're at home with your feet up. There's the you you are when you're with your closest tribe. There's the you you are when you're with families who are grieving, and and you are in your professional world. There's the you you are when you're out in the community in public. 
So there, there are at least four, just off the top of my head, versions of any particular person. So everyone in life is a schizophrenic. <laughs> well, I don't think it's it's fair to say that who I am right now is who I'm, I am when I'm with my closest people, or when I'm with my by myself, when I'm with myself, or by myself when I'm with my wife. Obviously, there are going to be differences, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I do think though that underneath the expression of self there should be a consistent authentic core so like for instance i'm not going to be up on a stage in the community emceeing an event raising money for helping people who are uh, at risk and then privately in conversation scold and denigrate people who are at risk like that to me would be an emotional schizophrenia right i might say things with friends that I wouldn't say on the stage, but in my core, I care about people and I want people who are at risk to have what they need. I still want to support the faint-hearted, lift up the downtrodden, and give to those who are in need. I might not speak the same way. I might not tell the same jokes. I might not be the same expressiveness, but I, at my core, have the same values. Right. So I'm not going to be in my practice necessarily who I am, you know, on a weekend with Joy and I are hanging out with y'all or whatever, but at my core, it's going to be the same. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally does. Okay. Yeah. Like whenever we go bike riding at night and we're screaming and it's reverberating or echoing off of the off trees. The houses. Oh, yeah. H- houses. Yeah. Yeah. Not the trees. Yeah. Yeah. So dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fun, but, but I'm still the same. It's, <laughs> It's the same me, though, you know. Did that sound like I did the other night? I don't, yeah. You don't remember? No. That's okay. That was good. I like that you said, that you explained that, because that's true. It's like at the core of you, at the core of you, you care. So just because, you know, you're you're wearing your suit and you're consoling grieving families, and then at home with your feet propped up, and then with your friends, the core is you still care. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. But you're going to be different in terms of your expression of self. Right. That's true of everybody. I mean, you know, let me just tell you that those of you who are churchgoers, your pastor does not act like your pastor acts on a Sunday morning at home. When he's watching his team play football and they're losing <laughs> and they, pre- they were predicted to win and he's got 500 bucks on the game. No, yeah. I'm just kidding about that part. Not really. <laughs> but so so don't believe for a second that the people that you look up to express themselves exactly the same way all the time because they don't. And you know what? If they do, first of all, I think it's fake. And secondly, I would think it was boring. I don't, I don't think it's real and I don't think it's interesting. Yeah. So I struggle with fakeness because I I have had trauma and so the real world is scary as crap. So I much prefer a fun, positive world where everyone gets along. And mm-hmm. But that's not real. I'm a little bit like that too, though. I guess if that's being fake, you know. It is. And it is. It is. Yeah. I like being able to be honest with oneself, you know? Yeah. Isn't it nice to be able to be like, you know what? That was, that's fake. Yeah. We, life See, I'm isn't, not good at that. You, but you are. Well... But I'm not. I'm so you you you're honest. You're good at. 
I'm confused. I'm being honest when I say that I'm not always good about naming that stuff. Like I feel like I've experienced that numerous times with you where you're like, you know what? I'm this, insert, whatever. Yeah, no, I I, I do that sometimes, but yeah. I don't do it as consistently as I, as I need yeah. to as I want to. Wow. I feel like in these 96 episodes, I feel like a better person. And I'm a worse one. <laughs> what? No, I'm I, just kidding. No, no. I think that we're doing the best we possibly can, and I think we're helping some people along the way. And in turn, that helps me. That makes me want to be even better. Would you say that you are optimistic or realistic? I'm optimistic, like disgustingly. Disgustingly. I really am. I'm not really letting myself down though lately. It's good. Yeah. If I say that something will happen, then damn it, it's going to. Yeah. Even if it means I have to... Sell your children. Yes. 100%. Yeah. He was a sweet baby. Everett was really good, but he's gone. Yeah. He moved to... I think he's in Philadelphia. I thought it was Nigeria because you got one of those emails. Mm. Well, I, I love being in this with you, man, on this 96th episode. I think it's great that we're able to sit together and become better. Yeah. Or try to. Yeah. Where are we on our time? I, I can't read that. It's it's time. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk about repairing conflict later. Can that be next episode? Okay. We'll see what happens. I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. That is, that's the truth. That's for real right there. <laughs> <laughs>